Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast today. Hope for today. We're continuing our study in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be talking about the Christian's teammates. You know, oftentimes we get really discouraged because we feel like we're alone. And when the Holy Spirit, through the... um the Apostle Paul penned down the words in Ephesians chapter 4. He wanted the Ephesians to know that they were not alone. Now, we know that we're not alone through Christ, but oftentimes when it comes to the challenges of the Christian life, we can feel like that we're going at it alone. And so the Bible says in Ephesians 4, in verse number 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working and the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now here we see a word picture that is used several times in scripture. It compares the local church uh, to a body. It compares it to a human body and also to a building, but really it is that of a body, okay? We'll get into that in just a moment. Um, And it says here that it compares itself as a body that's growing up, and it begins to compare each member of the church as a member of the body. It compares us to fingers and ears and eyes, and we'll look at that comparison out of 1 Corinthians 12 in just a moment. But I want us to think here that when we're talking about the context of the church, it doesn't just talk about us in terms of one thing. You know, oftentimes in Christianity, we we think about our struggles in terms of an individual thing. This is my struggle uh, we think about growth or development in terms of a individual responsibility. That certainly is true. You know, one of the things as a as a dad, as a parent that we've experienced this last summer was our kids played uh, baseball. They played rookie ball, they call it, here in Toronto. And the first couple of weeks, they're, you know, working on skills. They're learning to bat off of the pitching machine. They're learning to throw the ball, catch the ball. The coaches, extremely patient coaching staff. And they go through how to hold your glove and how to throw the ball. And then they get into the rules of the game. And they're very patient. And, um, you know, they teach the kids. Most Some kids don't even know which direction to run around the bases. Um, they don't know that after they hit the ball, they're supposed to run because up to that point, they've only had batting practice and you don't run after you hit the ball in batting practice. Then if you're in the outfield and you catch the ball or you stop the ball, what do you do with it? Do you throw it right at the coach? Because oftentimes that's what the kids will do. And it's interesting when it's talking about, when we when you get into the word picture, the whole body supplying something. So we supply something to one another. We grow each other up. We make each other better within the context of the church. It's so interesting that in verse 14, it says that we henceforth be no more children. 
tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love. And so it's interesting to watch kids play sports. You have to teach them they can accomplish more with their teammates than they can alone. It's not the one kid over between second and third base who stops the ball and then tries to run as fast as they can to tag the runner before they get to first base, right? You have to throw the ball to the other person. (laughs) And you teach them you can accomplish more through teamwork than you can individually. And guys, that is a big part of Christianity. You are not expected to be a great Christian by yourself. God has given us teammates. We don't get these benefits by attending church only, but by joining, by involvement. So we see here, uh, as we're just going to go through the verse uh, briefly and kind of pick it apart and explain what it says. It says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together. Okay, From whom the whole body means the entire church local visible. This is an interconnected community. That's what it's talking about. From whom the whole body fitly joined together. Fitly framed together, that phrase means closely framed together like a building or like a body that has joints and ligaments. There's bones, there's joints, there's ligaments, there's blood, there's eyeballs, there's there's ears, there's uh, the brain, and there's so many things that are going on in the body in order for it to accomplish what it needs to accomplish. And that's the way that God wants us to look at our church as an interconnected community. It's not just people who come together, sit and listen and leave, but there is a connection with other people and there is a growing dependence on them. They're interdependent, not independent, like a human body with the interdependency of the body parts. Jesus builds his church. You know, oftentimes uh, we talk about someone who needed an, an, uh, an organ donated. They needed a new liver, they needed a new heart, or they needed a new um, kidney or something like that. And there is a long process to make sure that the, the donation of that organ is as close a match as possible to the body so that the body doesn't reject it. Well, can I say this is that Jesus is the one who is responsible for making sure of who those members are coming in through the church. And he has chosen specifically for certain people to be in our church. And the body doesn't need to reject them, right? Uh, And we need to try to integrate them and to try to Uh, draw them in through our love and through our acceptance. And it says here, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. Um, Compacted uh, by that which every joint supplieth means dependent and freely giving. Uh, You are wanted, you are needed. And according to the effectual working, it says... In the measure of every part. So again, the Spirit of God is working in each member and they each supply something, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself to love. So again, it's talking about the growth of a body, a healthy 
growing process that each body part supplies, right? So if even if you think about um, a person's body goes out and a certain part of them may bear the brunt of whatever work, right? Whether it's physical labor or whether it's brain work or sitting behind a desk, right? And then uh, and then the, the, the body goes home and, and it's the brain and the hands that primarily uh, prepare the food and the, the legs make sure that it stands up and and behind the counter and cooks over the stove and the brain is making sure uh, and the nerve system is making sure that the body is not being burned and, and harmed during the making of the food. And then the food goes in, right? And the teeth and the jaws um, crush the food and then the muscles of the esophagus swallow it. And now it's in your stomach and the stomach. So we can see where every single part of the body is something that supplies to the effectual working uh, of a human body. And the church does the same thing unto uh, where we must have the attitude, I'm giving myself to you. I'm coming to church with the attitude of, I'm looking to serve. I'm looking to give to others. Yes, we come with the attitude of, I need to have fellowship with other people and I need to have fellowship with Christ and I need to have the spiritual nutrition from the sermon. Absolutely. But also, uh, it's not just receiving, it's also giving. And it's also allowing people to become dependent on me. And it's also recognizing that, as Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Give and it shall be given, right? So, uh, it seems like at some point that maybe the hands are doing all the work and preparing of the food. And then, you know, the teeth and the jaw and the and the brain can say, well, I'm doing all the work because I'm chewing up the food. And then the esophagus can say, well, I'm doing all the work because I'm swallowing the food. And then the stomach can say, you know, in all the intestines, I'm doing all the work because I'm digesting the food. And then the blood can say, I'm doing all the work because I'm taking all of those, nu- all of those nutrients and supplying it to the furthest reaches of the body and giving it up to the brain and then and then the you know the liver and the kidneys and and all of that can say well I'm doing all the work because I'm processing out the impurity but you've got to understand it is a complete system that is working together to bring that body to health and so we can see this as an example in scripture where Consider the explosive growth of the church at Jerusalem in Acts chapter number two. You've got 120 who are um, filled with the Spirit. Peter stands up, one guy stands up in explanation, begins to tell everybody, this is what's going on in in the church. He preaches the gospel and 3,000 get saved. Then we see a little bit later in Acts chapter number six that in the church, problems came up because certain widows, Greek widows, or those Jews who were um, living outside of Israel, they were called Greek, or they were Hellenistic, right? In in that sense, they're called that, where they, they're more um, kind of a mixture of Gentile culture, but they're also Jews. And the widows were neglected in the daily ministration, the Bible says. So this problem comes up at that particular point in the in the lifetime of the local church. Um, 
there were some people being neglected. So what did the body do? Well, the apostles said, we need to continue to do, to pray and to, and to minister the word. That's necessary for the spiritual health of the church, right? And so um, they chose out those who had been gifted by God to be deacons and to be servants and to help. And so we can see that the body, when it operates and it sees every member as being absolutely necessary, says, well, how can you help supply and how can you help serve and how can you be a part? And so the the deacons were chosen and uh, organizational skills were put into play and the apostles were able to continue on with their ministry of the word, preaching and teaching the word of God and praying, the Bible says. And the result was that the church grew to greater health, resulting in even more people being saved. We can see an ex- excellent example of this principle that the fact that the Christian has a team in the church and we need to see one another as teammates. We are here for one another. We can become dependent on one another. As we're depending on Christ and as we're learning his word and being fed his word and as we're praying together, we actually find that we can accomplish so much more together than we can by ourselves. Sometimes in life we can feel like I'm the kid who is hitting the ball, trying to run out in the field to grab the ball, and then trying to somehow... <laughs> run to first and tag the runner out and the runner's myself. And we can realize, look, I can't do this all myself. That's not really how this works. You know, it's a really, it's a child, it's a really immature way of looking at Christianity to to look at it and say, I've got to do this all by myself. You're not by yourself. You have a team. Guys, let's go forward this week with the understanding that we are part of a team. We need to allow other people to look on us as I can depend on them. I can depend on them for a word of encouragement. I can depend on them to pray for me. I can depend on them to supply and help me out when I'm feeling bad. Likewise, we need to look at other people with the intent of, I'm here for you. I'm your teammate. You can count on me. We can do this together. Guys, make sure that you tune in next week for part two of the Christian's teammates. We're going to dig into this just a little bit more, looking into 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Thanks so much. Have a great week.